Grit is passion and perseverance toward a goal despite being confronted by significant obstacles or failures. This message is the sixth in the series, Runway. The message is entitled, Grow Your Grit. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, if you will, your teaching sheets as we get ready to get into tonight's message. We are involved in a series of messages called Runway, and I want to talk to you this evening about growing your grid, and we'll talk about what that means in just a moment. We're looking at eight attitudes that help us to actually take our life to a new level. And one of the things that enables us to be successful and strong in life, it has to do with your attitudes. When you improve your attitudes, you actually improve every part of your life. And God is very interested in our attitudes. And the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, as the apostle Paul sort of addresses this topic of attitudes, he talks to us as Christians and says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And notice this, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Interesting that the Bible says that the Spirit of God is interested in the way that you think, and of course, out of those thinking processes come the attitudes of your life. And when we think about attitudes, there are lots of different places in the Bible where different attitudes are addressed. We're talked about different lists of attitudes. One of those is found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, and this is the focus of our series together, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, where eight attitudes are listed that you and I need to develop by the help of the Holy Spirit. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities or these attitudes, we might say these ingredients, these character traits, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here Peter says, these are eight attitudes, eight qualities, eight characteristics that you and I need to make every effort to develop, starting with faith, ending with love, with six in between. And the one I want to talk to you about this weekend is the topic of perseverance. Would you say that word with me? Perseverance. Listen to it again, verses 5 and 6. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, and self-control perseverance. Now, the word perseverance in the Bible is sometimes translated as endurance as well. I want to use another word for it tonight, and that is the word grit. And the word actually in the Greek language for perseverance or endurance or what we might call grittiness to your life is the word hupomone, and it's a word that means to bear up under something with patience, to endure things, to endure circumstances that you go through in life. It means to stay in place. It means to remain. It means to continue effort to achieve something even when it's difficult. Endurance speaks of the fact that even when things are unpleasant unpleasant or hard or challenging, that you're going to keep going. It's the idea of persevering or enduring. I want to share with you three things that will help you to learn something about developing this attitude of perseverance, enduring, or grittiness to your life. The first one is very basic. It's something that I think all of us would acknowledge, but I want to bring it to our attention anyway, and that's simply this, that perseverance is a key quality for life success. If I were to ask you what are the qualities to make someone successful in life, 
For some folks, you might say, well, someone needs a lot of talent or someone needs a lot of IQ or smarts. They might need a certain skill set. For some people, they might say, well, you need a certain amount of charisma. You might even say somebody needs luck. I will tell you that one of the things that is critical that research points out that is critical to success in life is the whole realm of perseverance or grittiness, the ability to endure. You can take an individual, for example, that is not as smart necessarily or not as charismatic in their personality or may not have as many skills in their skill set, but if they have this thing called perseverance or endurance or grittiness, they have a capacity to, in the end, win. And the Bible teaches us a lot about perseverance being critical to our success. Let me take you on a quick journey of some scriptures that point out the power of perseverance. Hebrews 10, verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Notice the receiving of God's promises is connected to developing perseverance. Romans 5, 3, and 4. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and then perseverance, what does it produce? Character and character hope. And so you can't develop, you can't even develop character without, first of all, going through some stuff that you will persevere in. And then Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, one that perhaps you're familiar with. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And notice this, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. This is the spiritual journey that we're on, the race that we're engaged in. The Bible says that to do it successfully, we need perseverance. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, classic passage when it comes to this topic. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Notice this next statement. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The idea is that if we run away from the development of perseverance, we will miss out on becoming the mature person that God wants us to be. We will lack some things that are essential for our lives. We will not have everything necessary for spiritual and life success. James 5.11 As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Most of us know the story of Job and how Job lost so many things in his life early on in that book, but we also know that he persevered his way even in the face of the negative comments of his friends around him. And you get to the last chapter of the book of Job and God gives him what we might call double for his trouble. He has double blessing that comes back upon him because he's endured, he has persevered to the end. I will tell you, there's great blessing that comes when you persevere in life. Job proves that to us. And then of course, Luke chapter 8, verse 15, as Jesus is giving us this teaching about good soil, bad soil, the producing of God's word in our life. He says, but the seed on good soil stands for those who with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. And so you and I will never produce the kind of crop of spiritual fruit that we need to without perseverance. So story after story after story and verse after verse after verse in the Bible points us to the importance of having this thing called perseverance or endurance or grit. Noah had it when he built the ark, didn't he? 
Joseph had it when he went through his times of trials and tribulations in the Old Testament as he was sold into slavery and eventually put in prison, but eventually also becomes the prime minister of Egypt. He had to persevere during a lot, a lot of seasons of difficulty. David faced it in his life as he was being pursued by Saul before he became the king. Daniel, when he's in Babylon, has to persevere. Jesus himself persevered in his ministry and endured the cross. The apostle Paul persevered. Story after story after story, we understand the power, the impact, the importance of perseverance for success. If you want to be successful in any realm of life, you've got to learn something about enduring and persevering. The second thing I'd like to talk to you about for a few moments is this. Perseverance is always tested by two things. Perseverance is never perseverance unless it's tested, and it's tested by adversity, and it's tested by prosperity. The two things that will test your perseverance, number one will be adversity, and number two will be prosperity. Let me say again, how do you know if you have perseverance? The only way that you know that you have perseverance is you have to go through a test. That's the only way to find out if you're able to persevere. You can't just say, I've got it, and claim to have it without showing some fruit of it because perseverance is really demonstrated in the times of testing. Endurance shows up when you're going through stuff. Now, let's talk about these two tests, adversity and prosperity, for a moment. I think most of us are familiar with the concept of adversity, the test of adversity. Adversity really refers to anything difficult that you go through, an obstacle that you face in your life, that you come up against some kind of hindrance, some kind of limitation, some kind of failure, some kind of setback that you have in life. And here's what happens when you're going through adversity, when life gets hard, when life gets difficult, when you have a setback in life, when you're going along and something hinders you from progress, the temptation at that moment in life is to quit. The temptation at that moment in life is to resign. The temptation at that moment in life is to walk away. Every one of us here have felt that at some point in time. We're going through something really, really, really hard. It might be in a relationship. It might be in a job situation. It might be in in a financial realm. It might be in a health situation you're dealing with. It could be any realm of things. You come along in life, everything's going well, and you hit something that is a hindrance, is an obstacle, is something that is in your way, or you have a failure that knocks you back or creates what we call a setback in life. In those moments, would you agree with me, those can be very discouraging moments. Amen? Those can be times that are very difficult, and you're trying to process it. Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through what I'm going through right now? And some of you, perhaps here this evening, are feeling that very same thing. In this moment in your life, there's some adversity that you're facing, and the question is, why? Why am I going through this? Why am I facing this? I've tried to do the right thing. I've tried to do the best things, and nevertheless, I feel like I'm facing something that is adverse. Now, in the moments of adversity, when the pressure is on you to quit, when the pressure is on you to give up, when the pressure is on you to resign, that's when perseverance is designed to shine. It doesn't shine when everything's going well. When everything's going well, you don't need any perseverance. When everything's going nicely, I'll come to that in a moment. There's, there's unique tests that go along with that. We'll talk about it in a bit. But generally speaking, when everything's going well, you don't have a lot of pressure to give up or to quit. 
But in the moments when things are difficult, there is that situation that says, I'm just checking out of this. I don't want this. I don't need this in my life. And so I want to give you four things that you need to do every time you're going through adversity that will help you to develop perseverance. Because how many of you want to have the attitude that takes your life to the next level? Amen? Okay. And Peter said, add to your faith. And he lists all these things. And one of them was perseverance. Okay. And so he says, if you increase this quality in your life, you're going to be useful to God. And so we we need to determine how we're going to press through the adverse moments. And here are four things that will help you. Number one, make sure that you're always pushing against your problems. Don't let your problems push against you. You push against them. Amen. See, think of a problem. Every time a problem comes into your life, think of the weight room. Think of going to the gym. And the only way you can develop any kind of muscles is you have to push against a weight. You have to push against some kind of resistance. And when problems come in your life, if you let the weight of the problems settle in upon you, it will rest on you heavily and your problems can suffocate you. Can't they not? They can suffocate you. They can drop on you. They can knock the air out of you. What you have to do when there's a problem in your life is to make the decision, I'm going to push back. I'm going to push against the problems in my life. Yes, they're there, but they're not going to overtake me. They're not going to overcome me. I'm going to develop some muscles to push against them. For some of you here this evening, your problems have been coming at you recently. They've been pressing heavily upon you, but God is charging you up tonight with a fresh enthusiasm of the Holy Spirit that you'll leave here this evening. Instead of letting your problems push you, you're going to push them. Amen? The only way to get rid of your problem is to push them out of the way. You've got to push against them so that they will be resolved. The second thing you must learn to do is you must learn, we must learn to rise from our failures. Failures in life are going to happen. Not, there's not a single one of us will not experience some kind of failure along our journey. And when you fail, first of all, you tend to be your own worst enemy. You get on yourself and tell yourself how bad you are because you failed. And then there's, there's the voice of the devil. How many know the devil likes to tell you how bad you are, okay? He likes to come along and remind you that you failed and tell you you're never going to get back up again, but you've got to rise up with perseverance and say, you know what? Yes, I'm knocked down, but I will not stay down. This is not going to be the posture for the remainder of my life. I'm pushing against my problems and I will rise up from my failures. I want you to say with me tonight, I will push against my problems. Say it together. I will push against my problems and declare with me, I will rise up from my failures. Declare it again. I will rise up from my failures. This is not just some exercise I'm taking you through. I want this to get deep into your heart and your mind that you will rise up and say, I'm going to push against my problems. I'm going to rise up from my failures. And the third thing that you must do in the midst of adversity is make the decision to turn your setbacks into a setup for a comeback. See, your setbacks, when something sets you back, Actually, instead of viewing it as a setback, to think of it, it's just a setup. Yeah, I may have been set back by something, but this is setting me up for a comeback. Don't you ever let a setback in your life be the last chapter of your life. Your setback doesn't need to be your last chapter. In every setback, there's another chapter yet to be written, and that's your comeback. Okay. 
And many times when we get into these situations where life has set us back, we've had a health setback or a financial setback or an employment setback or whatever it might be, a relational setback, we get knocked back and we're convinced that, you know what, I can't come back. Let me tell you something. Yes, you can come back. Perseverance says, I'm pushing against my problem. Perseverance says, I'm going to rise up from my failure. And perseverance says that my setback is really a setup for a comeback. It's not going to set me back. I'm coming back. Another chapter will be written in my life. Let me tell you, ask you something. Did the crucifixion seem like a setback? The crucifixion seemed like a setback. The devil thought he had won. The devil thought that everything was over with. At that point, all the, all the Romans and the religious leaders of the time thought they had dealt with Jesus. They thought the setback had created the last chapter. But in reality, the setback called the crucifixion was a setup for a comeback. Amen, okay? And on Easter morning, he came back victoriously. And I want to tell you that the same Jesus who rose from the dead lives inside of you. There's resurrection power in you. You may, be feel, you may feel dead right now, but you're not going to remain in the grave. You're coming back up again. Yes, there was a setback, but there's also going to be a comeback. And then press past your obstacles and limitations. This is similar to your problems, but I want to talk about this in a little bit unique setting. Your problems are just stuff that come at you that are difficulties to deal with, but your obstacles are more like just things that get in your way. Your limitations are things that you carry with you all the time. All of us have limitations in life, okay? And part of what your limitations are are just things that you wish you had but you don't have. Don't raise your hand on this, but how many wish you're a little smarter than you really are, okay? Or you wish you had a little more money than you really do, okay? Or you wish you had a little more of that than you have. And so all of us have these limitations in life. And what often happens with people is they allow their limitations to define them. That I can't do this because I'm not smart enough. I can't accomplish this because I don't have this open door. I can't do that because of my limitation, my background, where I came from, or whatever the case might be. We have all these things that get into our hearts and minds psychologically and spiritually. They become limitations. See, the biggest limitation in your life is not really your limitation. It's what you think about your limitation. Are you hearing me? Okay. That's why the Apostle Paul said, let the Spirit renew your thinking and your attitudes because God wants to get down in your thinking because the devil gives you all this stinking thinking and reminds you of how limited you are. But let me remind you as well that although you and I are limited, we serve an unlimited God, okay? Although there's limitations in our life, there is no limit with God. Nothing is too hard for him. Peter would have never gotten out of the boat and walked on water if he'd observed his limitations, you will never be able to take, take steps forward in life if all you're doing is looking at the limitations around you. And so perseverance says, yes, I see some obstacles. Yes, I see some limitations. But my obstacles and my limitations are not going to define what happens with my life. I'm going to push against my problems. I'm going to rise up from my failures. I'm going to turn my setbacks into a setup for a comeback. And wherever I face obstacles or limitations, perseverance says, I'm going to press past them, trust Trusting a God who is bigger than my limitations. And adversity can actually be one of the things that helps form this wonderful characteristic called perseverance in your life. Now, I said that adversity is one thing that tests your perseverance, but on the other side of the coin, prosperity can test your perseverance. It might seem strange to consider 
How would prosperity test your perseverance? Well, some people who never give up faith in adversity end up growing weak in character in times of prosperity. Let me say that again. Some people that press through with great strength in times of adversity, when times of prosperity come their way, they let the prosperity weaken their character. I've watched people hang on to God in adversity and walk away from God in prosperity. I've watched it happen before. You say, why would that ever happen? Because in the midst of prosperity, here's what can happen. It can breed softness and complacency and apathy in your life. And then your character gets weak and before long where you used to be firm. Because when you're, when you're, in, when you're in adverse situations, you've got to fight to make it, right? Amen? Okay. If you don't fight in the midst of adversity, you're not going to make it, okay? But when everything's going well in your life, when life seems to be fairly easy and not much happening on an adverse, from an adverse perspective, it is so easy in those moments to fall into the comfort zone and the comfort zone of life where you're not fighting like you need to fight and keeping up your faith as you need to keep it up. And in those moments, what happens is your character becomes very weakened. It becomes uh, lulled into this comfort, complacent, apathetic, mode. The prophet Amos, interestingly enough, speaks to the people of God in Amos chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read this from the Living Bible, paraphrase. I love what he said because he was talking to Israel, to Jerusalem, the southern kingdom, at a time when they were going through some prosperity. Everything was going really well for them. Life wasn't hard at this moment. And you would think that you don't need a prophet when everything's going well, but sometimes when you need the prophet is when everything's going well. Sometimes you don't just need the prophet when things are going tough, but sometimes you need the Word of God when things are going well. You need a warning to be reminded of where, where the blessing comes from. Amen? Okay. Because if you don't remember where the blessing comes from, then you're going to, be, again, grow complacent in the midst of it. Notice the, 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 the prophet Amos in his words here. Woe to those lounging in luxury at Jerusalem and Samaria, so famous and popular among the people of Israel. Go over to Calne and see what happened there. Then go to Great Hamath and go to Gath in the Philistines' land. Once they were better and greater than you, but look at them now. So here's this prophet coming to the people of Jerusalem saying, everything's going well with you right now, but you're not acknowledging God. You're not remembering where your blessing comes from. You're not remembering that every good and perfect gift comes from who? Comes from God. And so if you're blessed tonight, you're going through a time of prosperity and everything seems to be going well in your life. Thank God for that. Nothing wrong with that. That's a wonderful thing. Just don't forget God in the midst of it. Amen? Don't forget where your blessing comes from. Don't grow ease. Let let that knock you into a, a, a phase of ease and comfort and luxury in the sense of not pressing into your faith. And you will never know how your perseverance works until it's tested in moments of adversity and tested as well in moments of prosperity. The third thing I'd like to share with you this evening is that perseverance is an attitude that you can develop. Perseverance, endurance, grit, as we're calling it, it has to be grown. It's an attitude that you develop by choices. I spoke of some of those choices a moment ago, but I want to draw your attention to five key choices that will help you to begin this process of truly developing this thing called perseverance in your life. These are the things that will really, really help you. The first thing that is necessary if you're going to persevere in life is you have to discover God's promises for your life. 
Why is this important? Because if you're going through a challenging time in life, one of the things that I am learning in my life that gets me through the most challenging time is a promise from God that I can hold on to in the midst of my difficulty that even though I don't see it fulfilled yet, it's a promise that's been given to me that I hold on to that will carry me through. I can wake up in the morning and say, you know what, it's tough right now, but here's my promise from God that's going to get me through to the other side. Amen? And when you're going through challenging moments in your life, and some of you today, you're going through some really difficult times in your life right now, what you need from God is you need a promise from Him that you can hold on to. And the wonderful thing about God is that God is the giver of promises. This book called the Bible is a promise book, okay? It's not just a command book. It's also a promise book where you find, yes, of course, the laws and commands of God in the Bible, but you also find promises of God in Scripture. And those promises are given to you and me for us to lay hold of, to take into our heart and mind and lay claim to and say, yes, God, this is for me. I can't see the fulfillment of it quite yet, but I'm holding on to this until I get through it on the other side. I can't tell you the number of times in my own life where I've been going through a challenging moment or something that's been a point of adversity or difficulty that I was facing in my life and to get into my Bible and open up the pages of God's Word and to find that promise, this one of those verses, and this is how it happens oftentimes. You'll be reading your Bible, you're praying, God, give me something from your Word, and there'll be a verse of Scripture that'll pop off the pages of Scripture at you. It'll be that Word. You'll say, boom, that's my Word. I'm holding on to that. And you take God at His Word, and what you would want to do is write that promise down and say, that promise is for me. And then every day as you're going through that adverse moment, You pull that promise out. And what I will often do is I will read that promise to God. God, this is what you said to me. This is your promise from your word. It's not something I made up. It came from your word. And so I'm holding on to that in my life. And I will tell you, it will get you through the most difficult seasons of life. Find and hold on to the promise of God. You say, well, will God do that for me? Yes, he will. He will do it for you. How many of you had a moment in your life before when you're going through a challenging situation and you ask God, to give you a word, a promise, a verse, and he gave you one that got you through it. Raise your hand. Come on, lift it up. Do you see that? Okay. He'll give you, he'll give it to you. Some of you tonight need to go home and this week start asking God to give you a promise, give you something that's going to get you through whatever you're facing right now. And he will put something before you. He'll give you a promise that you hold on to that will carry you through whatever you're facing in life. And that builds perseverance because then here's what's happening. You're trusting in the promise of God, not in your circumstance. Amen? You say, here's the circumstance, and I see what the circumstance looks like. I understand it. I'm not denying the circumstance. But I'm also holding God's word above my circumstance. Amen? Okay? So you actually hold the promise of God above your circumstance so that the thing that's actually more real to you is the promise of God. God's promise becomes even more real to you than the circumstance itself. Amen? Okay? And that's what helps you to build perseverance. Let's go to the second thing. All right? What's the second thing we do? Improve your long-range vision. Here's the good news. When you're going through tough stuff, it's not going to last forever. Isn't that good to know? Okay. You're going through a problem right now in your life. Let me tell you something. Your problem, it it will have an ending to it. Okay. 
This helps tremendously to realize that, you know what? Yes, I may be going through something really challenging right now, but this is not going to last forever. One of my favorite phrases in the Bible is the phrase that says, and it came to pass. Don't you like that, okay? And it came to pass. It came, but it also passed, amen? That's why the psalmist David could write these words in the 23rd Psalm that you and I love so much. He said, even though I walk, what's the next word there? Through the valley of the shadow of death. You might say, well, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death right now. That's okay. You're going to get through it. My goodness, I want you to hear that tonight. I want that to come deeply in your heart. You might be in a valley right now, but here's the good news. You are going to get through it. Amen? Turn to your neighbor right now and just remind them, you're going to get through it. Just tell them, you're going to get through this, all right? Come on, tell, tell, tell that other person on the other side of you that you didn't speak to first, all right? Okay. You're going to get through it, okay? This is important. So long-range vision takes you beyond where you are right now and says, you know what? I see where I'm at right now in the moment, but this is not the end of the story. I'm going to get through this. I've got a vision that goes beyond my problem. Don't let your problem be so, you're so short-sighted that's all you can see. See beyond it. Number three, what's the third thing? Value, what? Consistent, discipline, long-term commitments, and persistent efforts. Value, notice these words again. Consistent, discipline, long-term commitments, and persistent effort. In 1983, there was in, uh, in, in Australia... There's a race that's run there every year. Uh, I believe it's from Sydney to Melbourne. It's about 500 and something miles it's, it's run every year. And in, in 1983, there was a man that showed up to run the race. He was 61 years old. His name was Cliff Young. And Cliff Young was a potato sheep farmer. And he shows up to run the race with his overalls on, his work boots on, and a ball cap on. All the other racers, ultra marathoners, had trained for this event, and so they were all wearing their Nikes and all the fancy stuff they're wearing. And, and here's Cliff, and Cliff shows up, and he's got, again, his overalls on. They say, he says, I, I want to sign up for the race. And so you got to be kidding. You're, first of all, you're 61. You're not even dressed for this. And you think you can run this. It's 500-something miles. It takes at least five days to run from Sydney to Melbourne, 500 miles, and you want to run this race? And Cliff said, yeah, I want to run this race. What makes you think you can run this race? He says, well, he says, I, I, I grew up on a farm farm. And our farm was 2,000 acres, and we had 2,000 sheep on the farm, and we didn't have any kind of tractors or ATVs or even horses. And so when a storm would come up, I would have to go up and go out and round up all of our sheep. And so sometimes I'd have to run for a couple of days to get all the sheep in, okay, to the fold, but I always got them in before the storm. I think I can do this. And so they let Cliff Young run the race. And so the, the gun starts, uh, the gun sounds, and the race starts, and all the runners are taking off in their form, and they're looking really, really sharp, and Cliff runs along in what they later known call the Cliff Young Shuffle, like this. You can look it up. They got pictures of him, right? Look it up on YouTube, okay? The Cliff Young Shuffle. And so the way that you would run this marathon, according to those that were experiencing it, you would run for 18 hours a day and then sleep for six hours and then run for 18 and sleep six hours. That was the pattern. Nobody ever told Cliff that. And so he just kept running. He didn't stop to sleep. He didn't know any different. So here comes Cliff. And so about the third day in his shuffle, 
He passes all those fancy people in their Nikes, okay? And five days later, he crosses the finish line number one, okay? Yeah. Why consistent discipline, long-term commitments, and persistent what? Effort. You may not be the fastest one out of the gate, but just learn the Cliff Young shuffle, amen, okay? Just get out there and run and run and run and run and realize that you can make it across that finish line, okay? You're not gonna, you're not gonna die on the way you're gonna make it. Interestingly enough, he won $10,000, uh, Cliff did, for that race. And he said, well, you know what? I live on $2,000 a year. I don't really need this. He gave the money to all the other runners, okay? That's the kind of guy he was, okay? <laughs> Number four. Refuse to do what? Run from adversity and refuse to relax in prosperity. When adversity comes, don't run from it, okay? And when, it, when prosperity comes, don't relax in the middle of it. The last one I'll share with you is this one. Measure your faithfulness in days. Don't, don't, it should be don't measure your faithfulness in days. Measure your faithfulness in decades, Amen. That should be a don't. Write a big don't in front of that. Okay, don't measure your faithfulness in days. Measure your faithfulness in decades. Amen. You know, wouldn't it be something to say, yeah, you meet a person. They say, yeah, you know what? I'm really doing well. I've been on this diet for three days. I'm awesome. Okay. It's like, that doesn't impress you, does it? Okay. Not a bit. Okay. What impresses you is someone that says, you know what, I changed my healthy eating habits, and for the last three decades, I've been eating much more healthy than I did three decades ago. And the, see, the difference is in the timing. The difference is in the length of time. And so don't be impressed just by the short term. Make the decision to say, I'm going long term. I'm not going to measure my faithfulness in days. I'm going to measure my faithfulness in decades. Amen? Because that's what really counts. So the calling of God upon our life tonight, add to your faith, and he lists all these things, and we're looking at the one this evening, add to your faith what? Perseverance. You've got to persevere. You need to endure. You need to grow your grit, because when you do, you're developing an attitude that will take your life to the next level. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had this evening to study your word. We're grateful for the word of God and how it speaks to us. We pray you'll take this message. And I pray especially for anyone that's going through a difficult time tonight. I pray that especially in those in adversity would sense and know tonight that you're with them, that you're there to carry them through. This is not the end. They're going to press through. And I pray, God, for the perseverance to be in all of our lives for your glory and for your honor so that we can have the attitude that takes our life to that next level. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. 
I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.